Hello, my name is Mundology, and you're listening to Mundology's America. In this episode, we'll be talking a little about hate crime and how it doesn't really support all of us in the country, whose lives that matter in this country, and the terrorist actions by those who say they fight for peace, but in reality fight for chaos. Lay back, rest, and prepare to listen to what I have to say. Disclaimer. This podcast series is intended for everyone to listen, enjoy, and also to learn from what is said. But as we all know, sensitivity has been raised to an insurmountable level. And if you have an inability of having an open mind, then this isn't for you. Otherwise, let's get on with it. The current federal law regarding hate crimes deals with crimes where the offender is motivated by bias against a race, religion, disability, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, or ethnicity slash national origin. Hate crime, or otherwise known as bias crimes, are crimes against people of protected class. What the federal hate crime statute doesn't include is political ideals or affiliation. Only the District of Columbia, West Virginia, and Iowa have hate crime laws that protect those discriminated against because of their constitutional and democratic Republican right to affiliate themselves with a political party or idea in the United States. In this country, we endure hate in the sense of our gender, race, religion, sexual orientation, and we have the proper laws to protect this, but there is is also another type of hate that is left unaccounted for. And why? Well, because the left doesn't allow that. Why? Because they are the ones who perpetrate it. uh, That other type of hate is none other than political prosecution of American citizens because they support a political ideal or party. Most attacks against people are because they're conservatives, and what do you know, they are also Trump supporters. Not all, but majority are. There are many crimes against these people. These people are exercising their American rights and liberties and furthering the democracy of this republic. In case you don't believe me, here's some evidence towards the fact. February 12, 2020, a 14-year-old boy was assaulted because he wore a Trump hat. January 21st, 2020, a pro-Trump boss was killed by a worker and the murderer had the flag draped over him, for whatever reason undisclosed. February 13th, 2017, an African-American Trump supporter's house was vandalized with writings of KKK in the sense of a racial assault against him. There are many more assaults or calls for violence against those who support Trump or who are simply conservative. That apparently is an excuse to be harassed and killed in this country. It reminds me of reading about the same thing about the Middle Eastern Americans after 9-11 and LGBT members during the late 1900s. Another example which is highly similar to the issue is the Reconstruction Era. During the Reconstruction in the late 1800s, there was the creation of the KKK in 1865 that served to attack black Republicans or white Republicans who went against democratic ideals, such as African slaves and inequality between race. What they all have in common is that they believe in something true to themselves, and they were dealt hate and violence because of it. There are laws that punish those for attacking with the sole reason behind it being about gender, race, sex, or religion, but we have a law that affects political prosecution by the citizens against citizens. In July 2008, a man named Jim David Atkinson, who fired upon a Knoxville church motivated by the hatred of gays and liberals, He says liberals are killing this country, and whether that's true or not, there's no excuse to kill anybody. This took place in Tennessee 
where they do have hate crime laws, but of course not for political affiliation or ideas. Both the left and the right are assaulted because they simply express their political ideals. They are exercising their constitutional democratic right for this republic, and they shouldn't have to fear to be open about their beliefs because of violent actions towards them by the opposition. I believe that there should be a bill that introduces political affiliation and political ideals as a protected class under the federal hate crime statute of the United States. The only lives that matter in this country are American lives. There is no white. There is no black. There is no brown. There is no yellow. There are no other colors that matter except for red, white, and blue. For we are united under that, or we are supposed to. When you explicitly go out of your way to mention the color or race of a person when you're telling an event or story just for the main purpose of instigating or arousing a feeling for controversy, then you are complicit to what subsequently occurs and you emerge as a bottom line racist. Your outward purpose isn't the same as your inward purpose, and if it is, then your ability to accomplish it is highly flawed and calls for a schism to occur in order to achieve what's already in existence. If only people were educated or have common sense to research and think before they discuss, and then they'll learn of the chaos that they are sowing, the aggression they are causing, and most importantly, the progress they're not getting, not just because there are people who are hell-bent against it, but because what they ask exists or is destructive to society, even if they think it different. If only they knew the message they preach is conditionally false. A message for the masses only in an appeal for selfish gains. They're misappropriating those who believe in the message as a whole and not in the molested sense that they use it for. A message that's used as an excuse for entropy, lawlessness in our streets, therefore demeaning the message and causing so many negative views against it, or in the worst case, having many assimilate with a message through these deplorable acts and having them condone them. In either reasoning, the only winner is the one praising and perpetrating these egregious acts for their own gains. And for that, they're the wrong winners. But they're winners nonetheless. The winners should be the people. The winners should be the society. The winners should be the country. The losers should be the instigators. The losers should be the duplicitous. The losers should be the pariahs. The pariahs are those within our country, our society, and our people who wish to desecrate, regress, and even purge it from existence. It is our way of life, our way of unity, and our way of equality and unalienable rights. They are outcasts, similar to hostile foreign entities that are synonymous in goal, with the only prominent difference being that these pariahs are privy to the luxuries of what we have and are unappreciative of it, and therefore want it to disappear, although they wish not to leave, because they know it's better to be here than somewhere else. Pariahs are parasites in the country, which will continue to thrive if we don't educate or remove them. The moment when loving or taking pride in your own country is a taboo, then the present generation is irrelevant, and has failed the founders and the many generations that came after them. To take pride in the luxuries that many in the world don't have and covet for is natural, but that 
that's unnatural is the ever-growing belief in revoking it, using such amenities guaranteed to us for the purpose of abolishing said amenities is one of the highest disgraces that one such person or group can do, not only in their country, but also in their life. To disrespect the universal representation of freedom, one of which is your own country's symbol, is another disgrace. A disgrace that should afford you the forfeiture of the privileges guaranteed by it. Any disrespect towards a country's symbol that represents life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness should afford the person the same result. The normalcy of disrespect towards your country that's only made possible because that same country gives you the rights to do so is highly egregious and horrendous and should be dealt with through education or punishment. We stand to lose what we don't stand up for because we fear irrational repercussions from highly irrational people. Our faith should power us to move in defense of it, because if we don't, then those who seek its eradication will succeed and will be in a worse situation than we are in now, for we won't have anything to defend us from the same tyranny that is being implemented in now through their movement of canceling our rights. Black Lives Matter and in conjunction Antifa are one and the same. I'm not afraid to say what they both are, and what they are are two things, Democrat affiliates and domestic terrorists. They're also both hypocritical organizations whose mission goals turn against themselves. Black Lives Matter being their literal title and not abiding by it, but instead integrating Marxist ideals and terroristic methods in order to implement them. Antifa, who many know from both the left and the right, as the left's militia since before Trump's victory in 2016, since they were established in the year 2013. But we also know them as a domestic terrorist group now in 2020 being designated as such. The origin of this group was to fight anti-fascists in Germany. They were an alt-left, meaning far-left group. They fought for communist ideals and the prosperity of the country through words and then in action. America's Antifa now retains these same ideals, but in a more extreme way. They indiscriminately attack those who are against them and or who they believe to be the enemy in their eyes. They have become the very entity that both the name and mission statement entails, and that is to go against fascists. They need only look in the mirror. Both organizations' titles have agreeable but the actions of these groups say otherwise of their title. We may agree with their, with their mission statement, but they in turn don't even abide by it. So how are we to abide them? They are plain and simple terrorists. Plain and simple. Racism only exists in the minds of people with racial intent. Before I go into further depth of all of both Black Lives Matter and Antifa, let me first define domestic terrorism for you so that you too can know what domestic terrorism is and you can see the truth in what both organizations' actions are. Domestic terrorism is violent criminal acts committed by individuals and or groups to further ideological goals stemming from domestic influences whether it be political, religious, social, racial, 
or an environmental nature. People who carry out or conspire or attempt to carry out acts of terrorism are punishable in the name of terrorism. They aren't your friends. They only manipulate you to think that they are, but in reality, they are just puppets. In a broader sense, they are just domestic terrorists. And we'll get into that right now. The Black Lives Matter Marxist ideals. In 2015, a co-founder said that they and another co-founder are Marxists. Marxism is an ideology created by German philosopher Karl Marx, whose basis for the communist and socialist ideals. The main goal is overthrowing capitalism by the working class to create a classless society, or also known as economic slash social equality. We all know what that means, and if you don't, then here's a summary sentence. We all equally prosper, or we all equally suffer, and sadly, it ain't ever the former. Many times we see or hear from people on Twitter, Instagram, news, and independent journalists who are not pawns to the mainstream media, aka MSM. New events of where Black Lives Matter rioters, which many call protesters, calling out for the removal of capitalism, private property, and of course the now infamous saying, defund the police. These are all ideals of the socialist, communist, and Marxist ideologies. Though when you look at it, all three are just the same. People oppose Black Lives Matter not because of their title, not because of their message, but because people know how far they'll go to achieve their goal of not equality in race, but instead equality in social and economic standing, leading to mass despair and chaos in the United States. Here's an excerpt from their website. Quote, Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murder. Black Lives Matter Foundation Incorporated is a global organization in the U.S., U.K., and Canada whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build social power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. By combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation, and centering black joy, we are winning immediate improvements in our lives, end quote. This was something I liked to read off this website. It was pretty nice to read. It seems somewhat positive and dedicated towards bettering black lives, but sadly, this isn't as true as they say. Another excerpt from their website, quote, We are working for a world where black lives are no longer systemically targeted for demise. We affirm our humanity, our contributions to this society, and our resilience in the face of deadly oppression. The call for black lives to matter is a rallying call for all black lives striving for liberation, end quote. Now here we got a hiccup, to say the least. They haven't really done this, except this year in a very explosive way. They don't help communities or speak with leaders to try and help communities impacted by violence or despair. Chicago and Detroit were riddled in crime and deaths of African Americans, both children and adults, and it wasn't just this year, but many years before, and in many cities across the nation. But you don't hear Black Lives Matter support or call for change of this. Why? 
because their narrative is the victim against Caucasian narrative, and not just a peaceful change narrative. They instead play politics or instigation for both themselves and their puppeteers, the Democrats. I still remember the Ahmed Arbery case when it first happened in February, but no one covered it, and then months later, it got national coverage, and Black Lives Matter got on him and preached, but when it was showing he may have been in the wrong, they dropped him so quick for something more appealing to their narrative, and that was George Floyd. I won't get into him in this podcast, but maybe in another episode. Black Lives Matter exploded on the national stage once again, with much coverage from this, and they abused it. Instead of utilizing it, calling for chaos, in the name of social justice, with this doing the opposite. If you want to see terroristic actions caused by the Black Lives Matter and Antifa, then you need only look up Minnesota, Seattle, Portland, New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C., Hell, you can look up any state. These places were and are currently under siege by these two groups. From burning, looting, and destroying small and big businesses, along with all sorts of other buildings ranging from local help centers like an orphanage to federal buildings. Also to literally invading and seizing land in Seattle, Washington for about a month. They held Capitol Hill in Seattle, Washington, for almost a month. They called it Chaz, Chop, Chad. They called it in so many ways, talking about the occupation land. The month that they had control of it, they held it as an autonomous zone, not a part of the United States. This was a clear act of terrorism, an invasion, a hostile occupation of U.S. land. Many instances, such as gunfire, brawls, injuries, and even death occurred by their own people that inhabited the area, and they prevented any authorities to come in and help. Liberal problems require conservative solutions. In this case, an American solution. How was it that the federal government not step in? This is an unconstitutional act that violates Article 4 of the Constitution, and this is a blatant hostile territory on U.S. soil, an entity very hostile in its nature against the country, harming U.S. citizens. Those who were in alliance and a part of the CHAZ, aka the Autonomous Zone in Seattle, should not be identified as American citizens. And hell, they didn't even consider themselves American citizens. They denounced their citizenry, their citizenship to the country. And by that decree, they should not be privy to the luxury of the U.S., the constitutional rights provided by it, and the privileges afforded by it. This is an act of sedition and treason against the country, and should be dealt as one. Thankfully, they disbanded after knowing how futile it was to hold it. But in the state of Washington, this was only the beginning of the chaos to come. Democrat leaders in the cities being ravaged by domestic terrorism, chaos, and destruction do nothing to help create peace, but instead encourage them to do this. Hell, the Democratic leaders even help them ensure that they won't be punished by law and also disarm the police to the point where they might as well be crossing guards. Local leaders aren't helping, so you think the federal government would come in and help 
and ensure peace for the American citizens. Hell, they didn't even do that either. The Democrats in the federal government didn't denounce them at all. Instead, they too encouraged them. They too ensured that they wouldn't be punished. They too made sure that this will continue. Trump sent in federal authority to protect federal buildings, but Democratic leaders, both federal and local, denounced this action to protect federal buildings, people, small businesses, and hell, the cities, but they won't denounce the terroristic and destructive actions of the Black Lives Matter organization, their people, and Antifa. That says a lot about who we have in Congress and in local, state, and city governments. If they won't help the citizens from this assault, or even exercising the rule of law, and then how can we trust them in upholding their oath to this country, to its people, to, it, to their own constituents, and to this country's own constitution? We can't. And that's why we must vote them out. We put people in government for the people, not for themselves. They will instead denounce police. They will denounce federal authorities. They will denounce defenders of this country, defenders of the American citizens, before they denounce people who go against all of that, even themselves. They will not denounce. They are for chaos and violence, not for American perpetuity. That is why this November, we all must vote. We must vote for a better Congress, a better government. We must vote for peace, for American perpetuity. We must vote for that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mundologies America. And until next time, don't feel for your beliefs, but instead believe in your beliefs. For that will be its strong foundation, building upwards.